Good afternoon, everybody. So uh, there was a shayla I mentioned recently that I never ended up discussing, but I got a ton of feedback, and I was so surprised at how popular this shayla is. Apparently, uh, it has become very popular in many of our communities that men who have a few thousand extra dollars on their hands and are losing their hair uh, go and get uh, hair transplant uh, surgery. Now, uh, that is an interesting thing in its own right, but, uh, but what they do very often is you could do it for like one-third of the price if you go to Turkey or Mexico and get it done there. And they offer like this whole concierge service, like it's a $600 business class ticket, and then you have a, a you know, kosher meals, gourmet kosher meals, five-star hotel, a whole thing. Someone told me they, uh, that, that their friend went and did it, their friend went and did it, and they, uh, they sent them a picture from like the, uh, from, from the gate at the terminal in Turkey of a picture of everyone waiting for, it, for, the, for the flight. And it was just a bunch of guys, a bunch of from guys with bandages on their heads because it's like such a uh, such a popular thing to do. So the thing is, apparently, when you get this uh, this surgery, um, uh, the uh, they, the doctors recommend that you don't put anything on your head for a week or two for something like that for seven to ten days, um, and uh, that if they, if you do, then it likely won't uh, take effect properly and it's going to damage the surgery. So the, it's going to damage the the results are not going to be uh, what they otherwise would have been, which means that you don't put on tefillin for. Uh, a couple of weeks. So the shayla is, is a person allowed to get this surgery, A, bichlal, and B, considering the fact that he's not going to be able to put on tefillin, and then is there any uh, any etza for someone who wants to get the surgery? So let's take a step back, and let's just talk about, in general, are, is one allowed to get cosmetic surgery? Now this is a little less severe and serious than uh, than regular cosmetic surgery, meaning that all the chubas about cosmetic surgery are about like a nose job or something like that, where a person goes under general anesthesia. This is often done not under general anesthesia, under uh, heavy local anesthetic, but as any procedure, this uh, doesn't come without some sort of risk. I mean, the way they graft is they take some other site on your body, usually the back of the head or something like that, and they take skin from there and they put it on the top of the head uh, in order to, so there's, you know, there's a lot of cutting going on and the pasting and whatever else. So uh, so it involves a certain amount of, uh, some amount of risk. In fact, I have a, a a good friend who is an anesthesiologist and uh, he runs a whole uh, clinic of, I don't know what you call it, a whole business of, that provides anesthesia services to a whole bunch of different places. And he said one of the doctors that works for him, not a, not a Jewish person, one of the doctors that work for him, works for him, went to Turkey or Mexico or one of these places to get uh, to get this done, and he never came back. He uh, he died during the procedure. Now, that is not a typical uh, result of the uh, of the procedure, but, uh, you know, it's an, an, any, any procedure um, comes with uh, with some level of risk. So let's just talk about first um, elective surgery. Rav Moshe has a very famous tshuva in the Gris Moshe, Choshem Mishpat, Chelek Beis, Simen Samach Vav. It was written in 1964. There was a young woman in Shiduchim and she was having a hard time finding a shidduch and she was having trouble with her self-esteem and she wanted to go through plastic surgery to improve her chances of finding a shidduch. And Rav Moshe famously says that even though there is an issue of being chovel ba'atzmo, but the Ramam defines chavala as either being derech mitzayon, derech bizayon, that it's done in a way that's, uh, that's either combative or that's uh, degrading to a person, but if it's done in a productive manner, then chavala itself, if it's meant to, uh, to, to be used uh, to, to help a person, it's done in a beneficial way, then it would not technically violate the Isra of chavala. And Ramosha has many rayas to this. One of the rayas is where it talks about how Chista would walk, when he'd walk by uh, thorn bushes, he would lift up the, uh, the, the clothing that he was wearing so that the clothing would not get torn by the thorns. And he said, because if my skin gets torn,
thorn by the thorns, my skin will heal itself. But the clothing will not heal itself. The clothing will just be ripped. And apparently, since he's doing that to avoid having his clothing get ripped, it's okay that he's causing a chavala on his uh, on on his legs. The uh, the the uh, another right he has from a Gemara Sanhedrin Daf Petas, where there was a person who didn't want to injure uh, Micha the Navi, uh, and it was uh, but Micha needed to appear wounded to give over his nevua, and uh, he, the the person was punished for refusing to follow Micha's orders. So you see that uh, he was supposed to wound uh, Micha, even though uh, you're not allowed to wound people, because apparently if it's not being done, Derek Bizayon, Derek Nitzayon, it's going to be mutter. You could argue that that's different. That's the case of a Navi. Okay, but in, in, this, in, in, in he has other rights as well. Rav Moshe ultimately is Mekil, and he says that it is not a violation of Chavala. Now, having said that, the case he was asked about was a person who uh, felt that they needed this in order to find a proper Shidduch and for their emotional well-being, for their uh, self-esteem. It's not so clear that he would say a person who's going through the natural process of aging that everybody goes through um, is, uh, would fit in the, same, in the same category. You know, that someone who's in his 40s and is just, uh, you know, and is married and has children and life is going uh, normally that uh, he just has a few thousand dollars burning a hole in his pocket that, uh, that they could, uh, that they could, they could do the same thing. Ramosha certainly, I don't think, uh, could have uh, dreamt of such a uh, such a case, but certainly not what he deals with. But uh, if it's not Chavala, it's not Chavala. So that's Rav Moshe. Rav Breish has a tshuva also. It seems that Rav Breish was asked by the same person, and the tshuva is printed in Chalkas Yaakov Chel Gimel, Simen Yer Alif, and Rav Breish is also uh, mekel, but for different reasons. And Rabbi Yish points out that uh, there's a halacha in Shulchan Aruch that a person is not to remove, remove a thorn or to do bloodletting or cut the limb off of a parent, even though they're trying to heal the parent. And the Ramah says um, that, uh, if, uh, that if there's no one else available to do it, then you're allowed to do such a, uh, uh, such a surgery on your, uh, on your parent. Then it's going to be permissible. So he understands that a doctor is allowed to do such things to alleviate pain. He assumes that the case is not a chalash yesh bosakana, that if a person is even a chalash ein bosakana, you're allowed to be chovel in the person. And he says, and how do we define a chalash ein bosakana? So he points out that Tosos, Mesecha Shabbos, on Dafnunam Beis, says that emotional choli is also choli, that if a person is not functioning and he's, uh, he's embarrassed to walk outside to be among other people, that that's also considered to be a choli. So in that case, where you're dealing with a choli, even in emotional chola, then, uh, then uh, we would be uh, mekel on the chavala. Now, for, if you were to carry over of Breish's uh, tshuva to our case, uh, it's unlikely that the, most people in this situation are not cholim, they're not embarrassed to walk out in public. It's not such a, uh, such a great need. And then uh, he, he talks about as far as, uh, as he discusses whether uh, sakana is an issue, and he says that uh, if it's a very minimal amount of sakana, it's not really considered to be a uh, a sakana, um, but uh, but he says that it's only if it's a tzorach gadol, not if it's not a tzorach gadol. Then there's a tshuva from Dayan Weiss from the Minchas Yitzchak. So Minchas Yitzchak in Chel Vav Simin Kufhei uh, says like Rav Moshe as far as chavala is concerned. 
but he thinks that the danger is too much, that uh, anytime there's any danger involved, if unless it's a chalashesh sakana, you shouldn't be involved in doing things like this whenever there's any sakana. And then you have a hashkafic argument that's presented by the Tzitz Eliezer in Chelik Yeralif Sim Mem Aleph, where Tzitz Eliezer points to the Gemara in Tainus Tavchaf, where someone told, where Rabbi and Shimon met a person who was very ugly, and Rabbi said, wow, are all the people where you come from as ugly as you? Which is a funny question to ask a person. Um, but, uh, but he asked the person that question, the person said, maybe you have a Taina on the, pers- on the one who made me, maybe you should take it up with the Boreolam, with the Ribbon Shalom himself. So Rabbi Lazar asked for forgiveness, and uh, the guy wouldn't give him forgiveness um, until finally he, uh, he was convinced to do so. So uh, the, uh, the Tosa says that that person was Elio Navi. So says uh, Rav Waldenberg, you see that the way HaKadosh Baruch made a person is the way HaKadosh Baruch wants a person. So to just make cosmetic changes in a person is hashkafically uh, incorrect, improper, and you shouldn't be making these kinds of, uh, you shouldn't go, be going to these extremes. Now obviously there's a line. You're allowed to you know, uh, look presentable and you're allowed to brush your hair and you're allowed to brush your teeth and you're allowed to I don't know, uh, basic thing. But to change one's own look, to go to such an extreme, to change the way that Kodesh Baruch made you is uh, something that Tzitz Eliezer finds to be highly problematic. So it would seem that based on uh, the discussion about, about uh, cosmetic surgery, Rav Moshe, uh, Rav Mo- based on Rav Moshe's tshuva, it would seem that uh, this might be mutter because it's not real chavala. Based on the others, it would seem that this would be Aser. So, uh, what about as far as putting on tefillin? So, there is a Gemara Masech Shabbos of Tzadi Aleph that tells us that a person is not supposed to go on a boat trip that's going to continue th- through Shabbos if he goes within three days of Shabbos. And the Gemara says that that's if you're going for a Dvar HaRishos. And the Rishonim have two basic explanations of why you're not allowed to do that. So, the Rif says that it takes three days to adjust to sea travel. And if you go within three days of Shabbos, on Shabbos, you're not going to be able to have an Oneg Shabbos. You're just going to be all uh, nauseous and everything. Whereas the Balamar says that uh, within three days of Shabbos is considered Lefnea Shabbos, and uh, therefore it's nearer Kemasne Lidchos as a Shabbos, that there's likely to be a Pikuach Nefesh situation that's going to come up, and you're going to have to be Mechal Shabbos, so you're not allowed to do something that makes it very evident that you're doing something to put yourself in a position in a position to be Mechal Shabbos. So in Orcha Shabbos, uh, he writes that he, if a person's getting a procedure, even if it's not necessarily going to cause Chil Shabbos, but the recuperation period is going to stretch over a Shabbos, so uh, that would, would still run afoul of the Rif. And in Shulcharach, we passed like both the Balamar and the Rif. We're concerned about both of those uh, those issues. So you're not going to, it's going to be a bitl Onek Shabbos. So some have suggested, oh, easy, if you want to get this surgery, so as long as you hold like Ramosha that it's not Chavala, and your only concern is about uh, Tefillin, just get it right before Yantif. But it's not so Pasha that you're allowed to do that because you get it right before Yantiv, you're going to run afoul of uh, this, uh, this issue of Bittel Oneg Yantiv. What about the fact, if you don't get it out of Yantiv, is it a problem? So Rav Zilberstein has a tshuva where he discusses, you know what, maybe you could do it on Chalamoid. And he points to Shulchan Archon Sim Tafkuf Lamed Beis that says that Kol Rufua Mutter B'Chalamoid, that you're allowed to do any Rufua on Chalamoid. And the Mishabura says, even if it's a Malachal Letzorech Cholashein Bosakana, any Rufua is Mutter B'Chalamoid. So 
Rabbi Yaakov Evans says, of course I knew Rufuah is Motzah and Cholmoy. Rufuah is only Aser. Mishum Shechika Sammanim. You're allowed to do Shechika Sammanim itself on Cholmoy. What's the Chiddush? That you're allowed to do any Rufuah on Cholmoy? And Rabbi Yaakov Evans writes in Mark Tzia that, uh, that, that the Chiddush the is that even if it's going to be something that's going to cause Tsar, Ubitul Kvoda Moed, you're allowed to do things that are Rufuah on Cholmoy. So says Rufuah, ooh, so maybe, even though this is going to cause you some Tsar and some Bitul Kvoda with a yantif or whatever, on a yantif, covered yantif, so uh, maybe you're allowed to do so maybe you're allowed to do it anyway. But then he points out that that's a very schwer uh, argument to make because this isn't Rafua at all. Rafua involves a sick person who needs to uh, address some sort of holy. The guy's not sick. He's perfectly fine. And uh, it's not going to give any benefit to him on Chalamoid itself either. So that's a little bit of a difficult uh, argument to make. So uh, what about just doing it stam during the year to do it uh, and, and not wear tefillin? So there is a, uh, a, a safer called Chuvus Alibadi I'm not sure who the author is, but he deals with this issue, and he poskins, yeah, it's no problem. You could, uh, as long as you put on tefillin that morning, you can get the uh, the surgery later that day. Uh, you're not going to be able to put on tefillin for a while afterwards. He says, yeah, but that's that's not not a problem, because the Shulchan Aruch and Simon Lamed Ches, Sif Tes writes that mitzta'er, and someone who's ain't died to Meyushavis Alav, is patim in a tefillin. That even though we are, we often think of uh, mitzta'er being a p'tur from only and not from any other mitzvah, Shulchan Aruch writes, and mitzta'er is potter from tefillin. So he's going to be a mitzta'er later on. Aye, but how's he allowed to put himself in the position where he's going to be a mitzta'er to be potter? So that's a bigger question. Are you allowed to do something in advance to put yourself in a position where you're going to be potter from doing a mitzvah? There's a uh, comment of the tzlach in Meseches Psachim that seems to assume that you are allowed to do that. In the beginning of Meseches Psachim, the Avgimel Bezman Chaschinuch has a lot of problems with that. He doesn't think that you are allowed to do that. The Tzlach is in the context of being B'derech Ruchoka when, uh, when it comes time for Karm Pesach saying, oh, I guess I'm part of Pesach because I'm B'derech Ruchoka, I'm far away and the Chaschidach says, but you knew Pesach was coming, so you have to go and you have to be there in order to be able to do the, uh, the, 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 the mitzvah. Um, the, there is an argument to be made that Mehechitesi, that a person has to put on tefillin every single day. Maybe the, the mitzvah is really to put on tefillin all day, to put on tefillin all the time. But uh, maybe you could just keep your tefillin on for double as long afterwards. There's uh, such a chiddush of the, 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 the I, I think the earliest source that we have that there's a chiv, that the chiv is dafka in every day chiv is a primagadim. Biralacha quotes a primagadim that says that it's dafka has to be done every day. But the briskarav uh, held that there's no particular chiv to put on tefillin every day. That uh, it's uh, it's so so it's uh, if you get such a surgery, then you can uh, you can perhaps uh, but just keep your tefillin on for twice as long afterwards and you'll make up for all the all the moments of uh, of missed uh, of missed filling. But again, the whole thing bothers me. The idea that someone is going to use the money to do something like this, and that it's not going to bother them that they're uh, that they're part of from the that even if you are part of the mitzvah of filling, it's not going to bother them that they're missing out on the mitzvah of filling. Is that the way Ben Torah approaches the mitzvah that they're uh, you know miss out for a week and a half on the mitzvah? So I did speak to a uh, someone a dermatologist who said that he, he, he you can put on filling, nothing's going to happen. Um, you just uh, do a check. 
gently and nothing, nothing will happen. He said that uh, from dermatologists will tell you that you can put on tefillin. He says just do it lightly. Ooh, but you got to be careful. What does that mean, do it lightly? If you do it lightly and you don't fasten it on the head, it could be that it's not a key of mitzvah. You have, to, you have to tie the tefillin on. You have to fasten it uh, to one's head. So it's not so clear that, uh, that, that, that that even fulfills the mitzvah. So it seems to be something that uh, hashkafically, again, there may be a difference between someone who's, uh, I don't know, uh, 15 years old and is going bald and feels like he's totally embarrassed to go to high school and he's the only friend that's a, versus, uh, versus someone who's a 45-year-old guy with, uh, with some extra money and is bored and thinks it would be a chavaya to go on a weekend with his friends. To uh, you know, The whole thing sounds gishmak, except for the surgery part. I'll go with the business class and all that. Sounds great. The surgery part, though, I don't think is so gishmak. So, uh, so uh, that seems to be uh, a moral uh, religious uh, deficiency. Okay, have a great day, everybody.